Welcome to the Any Given Thursday podcast. I'm Max. With me, as always, is David. Say hello, David. Hello. Well done. Wow, that made me feel like a dog. I feel dirty hello. after having done that. Hello. And uh, you might have thought you were rid of us because the Europa League and the Conference League are off until February, which you'd be wrong, because we are going to cover the World Cup. Whoa, that's so exciting. Qatar. <laughs> oh, boy. And, uh, uh, Qatar. And we're yes. also going to be doing uh, some stuff on winter break, that, um, which we're calling the time in the winter that's a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between... between the World Cup and the return of European football in mid-February. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we'll have some special episodes and stuff. But for now, we have a full month of coverage coming for you of the World Cup. It's very exciting. The very first thing we're going to do is do a giant preview of all the groups and every team. How giant will this preview be, Max? It will be 32-team giant. Wow. And again, this is the last World Cup with 32 teams, so it's extra special. Oh, and it's in yeah. kind of prob- possibly it. the most deserving ever host nation. So yeah. What that, a great way to send out really cool. the 32-team yeah. World Cup. It makes it really cool also. So what natural place to start, but with the hosts in Group A... Qatar. They are the hosts of your 2022 tournament. Um, they will, the final will be held in a city that they built a couple of years ago. Ooh, isn't that <laughs> so, exciting? And the host Wait, nation. And, uh, who built that city? Qatar. Not the thousands of Nepalese slave laborers that oh, they brought the, over. And, oh, I didn't know the Nepalese were involved in oh, that, yeah, they too. Took, yeah, mostly, yeah, yeah. Most of the slave labor they got was from I thought it was Nepalese from all people. over. I thought it was... In, a lot of Indians, a lot of Pakistanis, yeah. but a lot of Nepalese people in particular. So mm-hmm. they built the city, I think. Yeah, yeah. it and, looks uh, like, just, you like know, it might exist. I'm not positive it exists. When we're watching, it's important. I think we keep that in the back of our mind, that this is not a well-run tournament probably shouldn't be hosted here a lot of issues going on but fifa would like us to uh, not think about any of that yeah only talk about the football and the money that they're going to make from advertisers <laughs> you know what there's uh there's plenty of good journalism about this issue all across um the various the various c- places we read mm-hmm. football journalism like ESPN, the athletic of all people had a really yeah. good article about it I think New York Times did a piece about like yeah I would people encourage people to this, visit yeah the the Athletic the New York Times um, the that might be the same article because they're now the same company. oh they're not I the forgot, same I but they were, but they were, they're I mean they have different like yeah uh, well I'm saying the New York is, Times article might have just been yeah one they took from the Athletic and put on their I don't think so main web page they have their own I mean they have their own they have their own set of yeah s- separate people. Um, you know, TFO also owned by the Athletic and the New York Times, but they have you know separate coverage. Um, and uh, I encourage people to go read and listen to the Guardian mm-hmm. has good coverage. Any, any if you're if you want to know more, we're not the people to do it because we're not journalists. Yeah. But we will mention it occasionally. I also want to say off the bat that uh, we have plenty of sources for this for this piece here. We're not just like, you know, going back through archives of football matches for all 32 teams and coming up with all our own opinions some mm-hmm. of them are our own takes some of them are things that we've learned yeah via i mean i some of these great a ton of like ecuador articles. play right you know i miss most of their games so and so a lot of this stuff uh there's a couple of there's a couple of podcasts you know the guardian football weekly the tifo football podcast tifo irl's youtube channel mm-hmm. um the athletic show has a usa specific thing called Oh, it's 
the athletic soccer show from Kuva to Qatar about the U.S. journey to the 2022 World Cup since the 2018 collapse in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I, that is a that is something I gleaned a lot about the U.S. from in this new iteration. And uh, the Athletics World Cup group guides by Liam Tharm on the Athletic has been very useful to us, especially for some of those teams that we know a little less well. Yeah. So I want to get that out of the way. I'd also the top. say uh, Gagan Pressing and mm-hmm. the official Ligon podcast, both those really good coverage of specifically the players playing in Germany and France, of which there are quite a lot. Yeah. Um, the Italian football podcast as well. Good coverage of the players playing in Italy and how they could fit into their national teams and what maybe we can expect from them, even though the Italians themselves aren't going. What's that Still, one? I think What's Sid's Lo- podcast too in Spain? I That's don't know that one. one. I don't listen to podcasts one. about Spanish football right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's a purely political reason. Yeah, but you listen to the French League. You talk about having... It's a good podcast. French That's the issue. I don't... French people. Yeah, but uh, I like their podcasts. So true. Um, so yeah, let's, without further ado, without further Freddie ado, or Mo ado. Did Freddie ado ever play in a World Cup? I don't think so. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what did he ever do to you? Not develop at all. Oh my god. Uh, Group A features the host nation of Qatar in their World Cup debut. They've never qualified of their own merit. Ecuador, the Senegal, the AFCON champions of last year. And the Netherlands, Ooh. who are my primary nation in international football, mm-hmm. uh, which I'd like everybody to think about and consider. Yeah. And Max is going to have a lot of information about them. Possibly. I actually talk, kind of avoided doing too many talking points about them in this cover, just because I will want to talk about them in the group as the group stage progresses, and I don't yeah. want to drown people's ears with it like you would if the Italy was featured. Oh, if Italy was featured, <laughs> I'd have my own side Super podcast annoying. just about Italy. Uh, but let's start with Qatar um they're not like terrible you know it's not like this is qatar 10 years ago like they have some competent players they're not even the lowest ranked team at the tournament on the fifa rankings that would be saudi arabia Mm -hmm. they're ranked 50th in the world saudi arabia is 51st qatar has spent the last couple years playing a bunch of tournaments or in other continents tournaments as sort of a guest nation to get prepared for for this they won the Asia Cup in 2019. That was not a guest appearance. They are right. That should yeah, normally they in are Asia. Asia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were in the Gold Cup in Concacaf. Mm-hmm. They did pretty they, well. I think they were in the Conan Bowl, um, Copa Copa America mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, in the group stage, they didn't get out of the group stage there. They yeah, they made the semifinals of the Gold Cup. They lost to the United States, mm-hmm. sort of B team. Yeah, um, but but actually looked the better team for most of that game, if I recall. They also. We're in a European qualifying group, even though their games didn't count. They basically just played all of the the fixtures as friendlies, but played a normal fixture list. Um, if those results were legitimate, they would have finished fifth of six teams, a point behind Luxembourg. So that's not a great return. But, you know, they have a Spanish coach, so they do want to actually, in theory, possess the ball a little bit. But I don't not sure they'll are really that will be that good at it in this group. Um, I don't know how much they'll they'll be capable of doing it, especially against Senegal and the Netherlands. But they will want also want to you'd think in this group attack pretty quickly and direct if given the opportunity, especially when we get to 
their two best players in a little bit. Yeah. Um, who are their forwards. Yeah. I, it is going to be interesting because their coach has done a great job since he's got there. He's been in the Qatar system since like 2008, 2009. He's Classic. been around them for a really long time. And before that, he was working with Barcelona and he carried a lot Barcelona? of Barcelona. And he carried a lot of those principles over to the work with Qatar. I mean, they'll possess when they can. They use a lot of short passes, bordering on tiki taka, but probably a little more, a little too direct to really be classified as tiki taka football. Tiki taka. Got it. It's a pun. Okay. Um, Javi, when he was playing in Qatar, he got involved with the national team and helping coach them as well. So maybe we'll just see a lot of like Barcelona influence. He style. managed in Qatar. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Managed in Qatar. He was helping out with the national team though. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still apparently, you know, in contact with the head coach there. So maybe we'll see a lot of kind of like that Barcelona influence and play style just without, you know, the world-class players at every position like <laughs> Barcelona have. <laughs> For their own sake, they probably shouldn't yeah. go too far in that. It's always a little bit different in, in tournament football, mm-hmm. but yeah. A lot more defensive in tournament yeah. football. And their coach did imply that they probably won't be super attacking when he yeah. said it would be suicide to try to take <laughs> the initiative at the World Cup. Yeah. So their best chance to do that would be Ecuador, but we'll get into that. I definitely agree. Max, what are some players that we could look out for here? So their best player is Akram Afif. He's like a left winger forward type who plays at Al Sadd, where Xavi managed. Al Sadd has like half of the players on this team yeah. are <laughs> yeah. Al Sadd players. It's interesting that the Qatari players the natural born ones anyway don't really move to european clubs very no. much uh afif certainly could he's really talented javi liked him he gets a lot of assists and goal involvements and stuff so he's kind of he's 25 so he's just kind of entering his prime he's the one that and i forget who the name of his strike partner too but he's decent yeah. um and that he's the one that i would that I think if could catch teams out on the break, if not careful. Yeah, I think it's uh, Almos Ali. Is that yeah, the one you were talking about? So, yeah. yeah. Um, there's also Hassan Alhedos, who plays with him at Al Saad, but he's, you know, pretty old, so might mm-hmm. not feature as heavily in this tournament. Um, Al Saad produced 15 players for this Qatar national team. Uh, that is the. <laughs> so many. <laughs> that's the fourth most of any club is sending to the World Cup. That's insane. So they are producing a lot of players. They're all the all Qatari, probably, right? Uh, yeah. I, I believe so. And yeah. the league is sending 33 total players. Yeah. So I think there's a couple North African players from like Tunisia or uh, Morocco that play in Qatar as well. But MLS, almost overwhelmingly. MLS is sending 35. Yeah, I was going to get to that when we talked oh, about shit. that. Oh, shit. I blew it. I blew yeah. it, guys. Spoilers. I blew it. MLS is better than we me. thought. Well, it's not all MLS. One of them yeah. is uh, NASL guy. They're no Saudi Arabia, as we know. Yeah. But um, so we'll see. I think Afif is definitely the one to highlight. He's who I put as my potential breakout player. Mm-hmm. Just because he is, by what I've heard, having never seen a Qatari league game, the best player in their league. Yeah. And, you know, this is a chance for him to show what he can do to people who will have never watched the Qatari League and probably never will mm-hmm. because it's not a popular league over in the Western Hemisphere. No. But, <laughs> uh, what do you expect from them at the World Cup? I think their internal World Cup expectations will be not to embarrass themselves in front of the 60 people that live there and, like, maybe they can do a South Africa and get a get a push 
early on you know it's it's hard there, there's always a host nation push this is a little different because i don't know what the like the local crowd is is mm. how like feverish they'll be like a normal soccer nation would be so i don't i don't really know what to expect if they're able to get some sort of home advantage bounce then maybe they could get a couple results here but finishing out of the group would be a real shock yeah, definitely think it'll be tough for them to qualify. But they do start with Ecuador. So like you said, maybe get that South Africa push. Mm-hmm. Ecuador is a winnable game. In 2010, South Africa opened the World Cup by drawing Mexico 1-1. Right? Yeah. Which is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And Ecuador is definitely a team they could grab a point from, maybe even all three, if things bounce their way. So keep an eye out, especially for that first game, just to kind of make a statement and be like, hey, Qatar, we're talented. Hey, we're Qatar, not just Qatar. We're not just wealthy. November you know? 20th. Should we move on to their first opponent, Ecuador? Let's do it. Yeah. What do you have to say about Ecuador, Maxwell? I have a couple of things. One, they are good defensively, and they're reserved in their um, attacking play. They're not going to be super ball progressive and slow build-up type. They struggle to score from open play, and they're kind of boring, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but it really worked in, in Conan Bowl qualifying. Where they, you know, they bested nations you might consider to be stronger. Colombia, mm-hmm. Paraguay, Chile, Peru. Peru finished just behind them in fifth. Uh, but there are a lot of na- nations that have recently been at World Cups who have performed pretty well. So this is it's another instance of happy to be here, but maybe with some... Maybe with some feelings that they could, if they snatch a result against Senegal and beat Qatar, that could be enough to see them through. Mm-hmm. They're really good at attacking set pieces, so that could be how they try to score most of their goals in this group, catching people off guard a little bit. And they also have some fun young attacking players, which are like a really cool generation of, of youngsters. Mm-hmm. Not just attacking players, but um, yeah, 24 and under, who we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of... They have a pretty balanced attack, though, when they do choose to attack from open play. They were almost exactly in the middle of the pack in Commonwealth qualifiers in terms of passes and in terms of speed and build-up play. So, like, they can go quick. They can take their time. Very balanced attack. will be tough to cope with their ability to do both. So you can't really just game plan for, oh, they're going to be gung-ho and come at us, or, oh, they're just going to sit back. They can do both, uh, which is always difficult to play against. They also like to play out from the back when they can utilize their goalkeeper, um, which, you know, could help them get some stability in the back line and maybe allow them to possess the ball more, take away the time that other teams have to score against them, like Senegal. Uh, and then they'll use zonal marking in the midfield, which is kind of interesting. You don't see all the time, uh, which is part of why their in defense... In the midfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Which is part of why I think why their defense is so strong, because it's a different mm-hmm. style of defending than you typically get. All right, who are some of the, uh, who are some of the Ecuadorian players we should be looking out for? I think group? the obvious choice is... Estupinan, and the Brighton fullback. He's There's actually an Enye to Stupinyan. Okay, well, I'm bad at pronouncing Spanish <laughs> words, as I'm sure everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. But I mean, he's, I think, the clear choice as a standout player for this team. Uh, also at Brighton, Moises Caicedo. Yeah, he's super good. Only important. 21 midfielder. Estupinan is, that does, did that, the thing that Brighton do now, where they just sort of like plug and play guys? Like, mm-hmm. What like Estupinian came in and sort of like seamlessly replaces um, Kukurea, who goes for sixty, yeah, to Chelsea, and then 
and then Caicedo filling in and sort of that Basuma role um, when he went to Tottenham. So kind of in, what Brighton do, I guess. I um, thought that was a great signing from Brighton when they pulled it off too, because he's a guy that he's not worth as much as Cucurea, but he's probably where do they get him from? It was a Spanish team. Yeah, but not surprising. Yeah. Um, but he was like being rumored to go to clubs that were a little bit bigger than Brighton. But because they made that Cucurea sale, they would have reinvest that and up the salary that they could give him mm-hmm. to compete with some of the bigger clubs that were in for him. And just great business, I thought, from them. Just want to plug Brighton's business model. As always. For a second. I think Piero Hincapi, who's a 20 year old center back at Leverkusen, is also important for them. He's good at ball progression, mm-hmm. um, which and... they don't do a ton of. So they're going to need him yeah. to play really, really well. Um, lastly, I'd say Gonzalo Plata. He's a 22-year-old midfielder, plays a little wider for Valladolid. And he was at the 2019 U20 World Cup and won the bronze ball for being one of the best contributors. Wow, I didn't of... even know they gave out bronze balls. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't the best player at the tournament, but he was one of the best players at the tournament. So there's a chance for him to kind of step up and play at a big level because Valladolid don't get a lot of international exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been one of their better players. Cool. Where could we see Ecuador go this World Cup? Do you think? I think it would be. I think their like best case scenario here is getting out of the group. Mm-hmm. They obviously won't be favored, but I think, you know, after being so tight at the back, they might have some belief that they can. You know, if they get a result against Senegal, then it's just sort of a matter of this. So, but starting off in this first game against Qatar is huge for them. You know. If yeah. they get the three points there, then I think they'll have a lot of belief. It might be a little bit of a nervy opponent for Senegal and the Dutch, but if they don't beat Qatar, then I don't think they have much of a shot. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that first game for them because we've seen in the build-up, if you look at their last five games, they've scored one goal, <laughs> and it was against Cape Verde. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't allowed a goal in that time span. But, you know, it's not like they were playing the best teams in the world. Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Cape Verde are in there. You don't think Iraq is one of the best teams in the world? I don't. How dare you? I don't. I'm tired of pretending like I have to. (laughs) But, you know, so I'm a little worried about their ability to score against even teams like Qatar, who you might think would not have a strong defense. Mm. So I could totally see that ending in a draw, which would put them way behind the eight ball in getting out of this group. Yeah, they need to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do Senegal. You know what's fun about Senegal? That Alou no. Cisse is still the manager. Really? Isn't that fun? Yeah. Just fun. This is nice for the whole family, you know? It's nice to see, like, an African national team that isn't managed by a Euro- white European man. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good African coaches coming yeah, through. A lot so more. It's, it's nice to see it. <clears throat> Cisse is, like, has been in charge, I think, since 2015, maybe? Like, yeah, a long time. And, they, you know, he got a... Uh, they're defending AFCON champions now. They beat Egypt on pens. They also eliminated Egypt in the final World Cup qualifying playoff. Yeah. Deservedly so. They were better in both games. Egypt, we're not here to talk about Egypt, but it's a shame that their tactics always seem to waste most of it. It's basically just like, we'll defend, 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 and then Salah can take on five guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm not upset to see Egypt not make yeah, the World Cup. because they play bad. And also they have some, some issues with some of the yes, players on the squad. But We won't get into yeah. that. Uh, Senegal just, I think, a really nice, like, really talented team, especially mm-hmm. when you compare them to the rest of the African nations. They're probably the most talented. They can compete with anybody at the tournament just on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at some of the talent they have there, I mean, Mane, Koulibaly, 
Smile Star, like those are guys that could get in to almost any team in the world, any mm-hmm. national team. Um, their were... top end talent is about as good as you'd want, especially from an African team. But mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah, basically what you're saying. Yeah, um, they are tactically really compact. Mendy, Mendy's great. Edward Mendy. I mean, not so great this year, but no, but he's his pedigree is. Yeah. You know, he won. And a, he's always he won even, a Champions League. You yeah. know, even before he was starting at Chelsea, he was putting in great performances for Senegal. Mm-hmm. So I I expect him to have a good tournament. Yeah, he's a vet. Yeah, uh, but tactically they are like really compact, both vertically and horizontally. Uh, they had the lowest goals against at Afcon and the lowest expected goals against, both all those per ninety, obviously because they played a lot more games than some of the teams that went out in the group. But they're also like very much a second half team, so if it's tied at halftime, expect them to come out kind of on the front foot in the second half and take the game a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, their XG was higher in the second half. Their shots were almost twice as likely, or twice as many in the second half as in the first half when they were at AFCON in 2021. And a lot, eight goals in the second half compared to one in the mm. first half. So they're very much a second half team. Uh, fun fact, they are the only country at the World Cup without a single representative who plays in their country. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, Canada and Wales, like, don't have anyone playing in technically their domestic league, but they play for domestic clubs in other leagues. They play in Canada or Wales. Yeah, like Montreal the, is technically in the In American the football system. pyramid yeah. and the MLS or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. who should we be looking out for? I think... the Senegal team. I don't know, remember if you mentioned Ismail Assar, mm-hmm. but he's a good player still. He's somehow still on Watford. And he's 24 now. Um, kind of relegated to the championship for, for the moment. Mm-hmm. But he is obviously really talented and, and rapid. Mm-hmm. So he, I, I, my hope for Senegal is that they allow themselves to have a little more excitement in the buildup mm-hmm. and not just sort of rely on 1v1 battles with Sar and Mane up top mm-hmm. and, you know, do something, do maybe, maybe even press a little bit in like, yeah, yeah. In, 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 in spots. Mm-hmm. Sar, Sar can definitely press. Yeah. I don't know if they'll, I, I don't think they'll do that. But, you know, I would be at, like, you know, Koulibaly mm-hmm. and Mendy aren't in their best form ever. You know, so it's like some of their star players maybe aren't in their best spot. So I don't I don't know how much to expect from them. Like, in theory, they could be, the, they should be the best African team, like, on paper, yeah. probably. Although Morocco has a chef. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Morocco are very good, too. But And we'll get to them. And obviously, no African team has ever made the semifinals, so Senegal will hope to be the first team from their continent there. Uh, you talked about the build-up, though. I think one of the strengths that they could have is Koulibaly's ability to play the long ball. And when he was in Syria, it was him and Benucci were the two best in the league at doing it. So he's clearly up there with like the elite players at the back of playing out from the back and creating opportunities with one pass. right? So when you have guys as fast as Mane and as deadly as he are to play up to and maybe get a goal right from the back. As I think deadly as he are. He is. Sorry. <laughs> wow. 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 So much for those law school grammar. Wow. Um, but that's definitely a place they could look to exploit other teams. Mm-hmm. That is the ability to, yeah, build up normally, but also just hit you straight from the back. And you know, if a team gets really compact against them, maybe gets pushed a little too far up the field, cool mm-hmm. volleys, like line-breaking passes could be huge for them. Yeah. And I'd, he's a great defender. And I'd say, uh, oh, you wanted to mention a... Another 
player. Too. Oh yeah, potential breakout player is uh, <clears throat> Crependiata. Plays at Monaco right now. Mm. It's just a good all around midfielder. How old is he? He's young. I think he's twenty two. Mm. I want to say. Um, For average average French league age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a really exciting player. I mean, almost everyone at Monaco is an exciting player at this point. And coming into the World Cup, if you're on Monaco, made the, a World Cup team you're probably someone with a lot of expectations around you. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays at this level. And I think in terms of expectations, they'll expect to get out of the group for sure. Mm-hmm. And if they could even pip the Dutch for first, they would have a really favorable, likely a favorable quarterfinal matchup. Or sorry, round of 16 yeah. matchup. And, you know, any any like a run to the quarterfinals would be, would be really a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anything happens from there. But... To start, get out of the group. I'd say it's a must. Yeah. Should we I do know, the Dutch? Well, I, I my expectations. Oh. I know there has been talk around a lot of African media, like the bigger African media, and even from other countries outside of Senegal, that there is somewhat of an expectation that Senegal are the best African team of all time. All and, time? Mm-hmm, mm. And could be the team to break the semifinal curse if they get the right draws. Mm. I think that's like... You know, a little bit of optimism and hope is, for sure. built in there. But I think the team itself should probably expect a quarterfinal appearance. But it'll very much depend on the round know. of 16 yeah, draw. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, like, if they it, get Argentina, oh, I don't know who they could draw. They, that, if they get second and England get first, they get England. Yeah, like that'd be if tough. They but get if they first, get first, then they get one of the Wales, Iran, teams, yeah. US, right? Yeah. Those are very beatable teams yeah. for Senegal. Just once you get to the quarterfinals on this side of the bracket, mm-hmm. you'll be getting some, you'll be getting Argentina, I think. Yeah, that'd be tough. Or something something akin. Yeah. All right, we have a last-second update to Group A. News that came in while we were recording. Uh, Senegal, their star player, Sadio Mane, he's not going to be playing at the World Cup. He's coming in with an injury, and he couldn't get back in time. Huge loss for the African team, uh, who, you know, we were talking about them potentially being a quarterfinal or semifinal team, and I think this totally changes everything. So, do you still have them getting out of the group with Qatar, the Netherlands, and Ecuador? Uh, I, I'm going to stick with my predictions for now because I haven't really wrapped my head around this. Yeah, um, that's a that sucks though for him and the and the squad, the nation. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. You want to see the best players. Yeah, it's a one of the big issues with having the World Cup in the winter is that you have a lot of not a lot of time for players to recover from injuries. Uh, so. I still think they can get out of this group. I think Sar will have to have a really, really good tournament. Uh, and the game against Ecuador will be huge. If they drop points there, they don't manage to get victory. That could be trouble. Um, and then just their ability to score, even against Qatar, could be in question. But I still think they can get out of this group. But I would not have them going past the round of 16 yep. without Mane. Yeah. Right. So, sad update, but we need to add that on to the end of the podcast. So. This is what it is. Yeah. Um, let's do the Dutch. I know you're going to have a lot to say about the Dutch. Uh, I'm going to try not to like talk too much about the team that, to be frank, is my national team that I support the most. Mm-hmm. They are, they have been since I was young. So I have Dutch family. Maxwell um, Brown, very Dutch name. Yeah, right. At the very least, they're going to be fun to watch, which is something, which is a blessing at these tournaments because mm-hmm. a lot of these nations that we'll talk about don't utilize their creativity net <laughs> let's just say um so they'll be fun to watch they'll 
press they'll push higher up the pitch than you might typically see they'll you know they'll they'll do some build up but they will also hit you with direct attacks especially on the flanks uh dental dumfries and, and the very rapid daily blend <laughs> but mostly with dumfries but um they're also because of that can be exposed in the back so their games might have higher goal total than others um, especially in this group where a lot of the scoring is probably going to be kept to a minimum um the biggest issue with them i'd say is a they're missing genie by mm-hmm. to injury who's huge for them in the national setup yeah really important who has been fabulous for years and years also there's a little bit of a question with goalkeeper because they keepers van hall brought have a combined eight caps for the national team. And that includes a remarkable story where uh, Passfair, who's the Ajax start number one right now, he's 39. He got his first two international caps in September. Yeah. At 39. What an age to get him at. And he's probably, I would think he's going to start by the World Cup too. I'd be fine with that too. I don't know. He's, but just a little appreciation love real quick for Passfair. He, he was a PSV backup for a while. Then he started for Vitessa Arnhem. And then he sort of became the emergency Ajax starter because Onana got suspended and then moved to Inter. So that's really the only reason he's in goal. Um, and now he could be starting at the World Cup <laughs> in his third ever cap, yeah. which is awesome. If not, yeah, it will be Bilo, um, the Feyenoord keeper. Yeah, we'll talk about him a little later because I have him as one of the potential breakout players for mm-hmm. him, if he does start. Yeah. but we'll Past fear started in the later. September friendlies, mm-hmm. so I don't really know, but... We'll see. They also one of their strengths. Did they you just a... refer to the Nations League as friendlies? So those were Nations League. Those games. were Nations League games. Yeah, oh, my bad. Completely forgot. I mean, they kind of are friendlies. Yeah. Let's be real. No, they. Were, I mean, the Dutch won the won that group. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Dutch recent form has been really good. They beat Belgium twice in their group. Uh, finished finished top. Mm-hmm. Poland and Wales were the other. So it wasn't like an elite elite group, but it was a solid group. Yeah, I mean, Belgium are definitely a good team. And, mm-hmm. they, and they spanked them in Belgium 4-1 over the summer. So their form has been really good since the really disappointing Euros last year. With I won't, I won't speak of that coach. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> this is Van Hall's little love for him, too. This is his last ride mm-hmm. into, into the sunset. He's 70-plus. Uh, he has had cancer for years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and so this is truly... He keeps saying his last coaching job has happened, but this will really be his last coaching job. Um, and he can be, you know, fickle and, like, annoying for some people, but he is a footballing legend, many successes, so I hope the squad can send him off on a good note. Yeah, don't expect to get a lot out of him during interviews, <laughs> um, unless you just like to be insulted a little bit. Yeah, he's but great. <laughs> he does, I think he deserves a lot more credit. He does. In general, than he gets. I mean, I agree. You look at his pedigree, Ajax were incredible under him. He kind of restarted the Bayern Munich dominance in Germany. Um, obviously, Manchester United didn't go well for him, but. It didn't go that bad. Yeah, and he was following Fergie. The expectations that they had at the time were kind of. Dude, it, and it, I think that's, that's, it's like the, it's a little bit of a myth how bad, like he arguably had the best performance of any United manager since, yeah. since Fergie. <laughs> But like Jose had a couple of them finished second, mm-hmm. uh, but like Did you just uh, give Jose credit. Yeah, I mean Jose, I think is a little overly criticized for that too. What mm-hmm. what what he 
is deservedly criticized for is absolutely ruining ruining the atmosphere at the club. Yeah, <laughs> which is something he's very good at. Yeah, Van Hall had like relative success there, mm. like not exceptional success, but it wasn't like at some kind of disaster. Like they didn't get beat five nil every week for a month. Like, I think part of it's that he's Solskjaer. got that kind of like northern European sense of humor and style of talking that mm-hmm. you know in Germany people liked it when he was mm-hmm. coaching Bayern and then coming over to England it didn't really land with the press so they kind of turned against him a little bit probably didn't work as well with the players who didn't seem to buy in as much mm-hmm. you know also following Fergie is tough yeah um, but where do you see Dutch having any potential issues in their squad I mean, the thing is that they can expose themselves at the back a little bit, but the hope is that they have so much quality in center back that individual uh, positional quality can make up for it. You know, obviously, there's Virgil van Dijk, who needs say no more. Even though he's not in his greatest form right now, he will likely show up for the national team, I would think. Uh, <clears throat> there's a question of who will start alongside of him to uh Van Hall is not a fan of Delict, which is crazy to me. I mean, he doesn't Delict like Delict. Is one of the best players. To be one fair, the, the last game Delict played at an international tournament, he got the Dutch knocked out single handedly yeah. by giving one of the stupidest red cards. <laughs> but he was at Juve then. Everyone at Juve makes mistakes. <laughs> he look, he's, looks like he settled a lot better at Bayern than he ever did at Juve. Yeah. This is an aside, but yeah. I still can't believe Juve lost money on that transfer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know they paid a crazy amount for him. They did. But it's not like he was bad at Juve. No, he he's got young even too. better while he was there. And then somehow they sold him technically for a loss. And I'm he just was like captaining that Ajax squad that went to the semis of the yeah, I mean, Champions was, League at 19. Yeah. He was the youngest ever captain. But he's not a fan of Delict, so Delict probably won't start. Yeah. I don't think DeVry will start either. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I don't think you can start the bribe. He's with... not in his greatest moment either. No, he's also he's, he's showing getting... some signs of aging. Yeah, I mean he's now. the same age as Van Dyke, but yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean uh... Van Dyke's showing some signs of aging too. Which yeah. is, I actually think that defense could be a real issue speed wise, which is why I think I kind of understand him not starting. Yeah, the he's gonna, or he's going to start Ake and Timber, I think, who are young, young mm-hmm. and fast. Yeah. I just <laughs> At like, least Ake is quick. Because Van Dyke is obviously the centerpiece of the defense, and you can't bench him because he's one of the best center backs in the world. He's the captain. Yeah, and he's the captain, right? But this year in particular, he hasn't had the makeup speed he's had in the past. He's been getting beat on the dribble a couple times, which is very unusual for him. So if you're putting him next to Delict or DeVry, then suddenly any speedy def- any speedy attackers could beat you. So I kind of understand the Ake and Timber move even if I think the Ligt is one of the best center backs in the world. Yeah. I just think the speed and physicality you kind of need to have. Yeah. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Van Dyke. I'm not worried about him individually. It's just like, if you then put another kind of bigger, slower center back next to him, Mm -hmm. suddenly you have a weakness that you wouldn't have had before. So I think that could be an issue for him. I'm a little like, I'm not worried about the midfield because I think there's a lot of talent there. But I'm like a little worried about it, if that makes sense. I mean, De Jong isn't in the best form he's ever been in. He's still very good. And he's also um, like the way he plays for the national team, like the way he used to play for Ajax. You know, he's like he is like a classic box to box. He his thing that he's always been really good at is ball carrying. Like he 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 can go on these like crazy long runs, and he progresses the team vertically in that sense as well as sort of 
controlling when you're you know building up from goal kicks and stuff he, he always like drops in yeah. into space and and builds up there with short passes so he's like he's really the engine for the team um he's a huge part of how they build up he's like one of their three most important players i'd say oh definitely yeah with that spine with him van dyke and depai who we'll get to is is yeah. really everything for them and formerly van alden mm-hmm. well in van alden's place you'll probably have coop miners the atalanta midfielder Darun could get in there, but he's probably a little too defensive to put in there. It kind of takes you away from the attack, um, especially next to De Jong. But I, Coop Miners, I think, needs to play, needs to step up a little bit for the Dutch team. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities for him. We can see Berghaus, too. Yeah. Berghaus. I, I think Berghaus would have to be, if you do, like, a 2-3-1 type of thing. Or it's I guess it wouldn't a... be a 2-3-1 because it's a back... Three. It's gonna be a so three. like I think he'd have to play as more like a ten and a three five two, if he's gonna play in the midfield. I just don't think him next to. That's probably what it'll probably. I don't know about him there, but it's probably my guess is like a three four one two type of thing where yeah. there's a bit of a ten. And then somebody it's probably Bergwijn joins Depay. Mm-hmm. I think is yeah. probably what's gonna happen. I can yeah. see that. I can see Gakpo getting some time up there. Gakpo could be in the ten too. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of positional flexibility mm-hmm. with this Very team Dutch. up front. Um, they will, like, you know, Javi Simons could start in the midfield and then end up as a striker. Javi Simons. I, I, Javi Simons could be a fun, like, coming off the bench guy, you know? He hasn't played for Impact the team yet, but he is guys. on the roster. So. Yeah, he will. I think I he'll be a he'll be a sub. Yeah. I mean, really the only guy, when you look at their, basically everyone outside of the defense, when you look at their squad, the only guy who's linked to just one position is Luke de Jong. Yeah, and um, what's his name? Veghorst, too. Yeah, and they have one very specific role that they'll do probably late in a game, and they'll come on and just try Hoof to it to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hoof it to them. And um, they're good at it. That's Yeah, should we move on to talking a little bit about Depay? Sure. Yeah, because he's probably the most important piece for them up front, right? He is, yeah. He's always, like, no matter what his club situation is, he's just, like, a fucking monster for the team. Yeah. He scores a ton of goals... He's only, he's like eight or so goals off Van Persie's goals record for the national team. I don't know if people outside of those who follow the, the Dutch national team realize like how productive he is and prolific he is for the national team. Because now it's like he was in and off in Xavi's team since they bought all these people. Then he was injured for a couple, like a month and then never really found the fitness back. But for the national team, he's always he's always romping and scoring. It's like the perfect system for him. Definitely. Um, should we? One player I we didn't mention at all, and part of it's because he has not been playing well domestically. It's Denzel Dumfries, the as right wing back in the system for the Dutch. He's always been really, really good for the Dutch, even before he moved to Inter. So I don't expect his domestic form, which has been pretty bad, to carry over, and he's going to create a lot of opportunities. He's a there huge on the right. part of their attack too. Yeah. They he basically is like. A third striker at points. He's yeah. like so far up the pitch. Yeah. Uh, and I think it and works. Blind on the left will sort of tuck in to mm-hmm. cover for that when he bombs up and down. I think it works really well for the Dutch who have, you know, three defenders that they trust individually. You know, with Inter, a Cherby and De Vrij aren't trusted individually one on one right now. So Dumfries has kind of left them in the lurch when he gets forward. But with the Netherlands, I think he probably feels a little more freedom because he's got better defenders back there. All right. Uh, are there any potential breakout players? I mean, 
a long list of them. I don't know I if we, we covered all of them already, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, I kind of talked about them. The ones I had written down were Bailao, Timber, and Coop Miners. Yeah, people who, I mean, Gakbo could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javi Simmons probably won't have the opportunity to, it might be more like four years might be his yeah. his time. I mean, if he's not a star by then yeah. already. But they so. have a lot of fun, they have a lot of fun players. Mm-hmm. I think their expectations will be like at least a quarterfinal run. Mm-hmm. They'll want to win the group to hopefully avoid England. That would go a long way to that. Uh, I think quarterfinals is like minimum expectation. But, you know, I, I think there's also understanding, this isn't like the greatest Dutch squad of all time in terms of like person per person. Mm-hmm. So I think there's reasonable expectations that they're not, that they won't necessarily be making a finals run or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know if anyone expects them to win it, but I think making a deep run would be encouraged. <laughs> um, so why don't we do predictions for this group, huh? Yeah. Let's do it. You Let's want, do it. You go, go, go. All right. Um, go, go, go. So the first game go. in this group is Qatar and Ecuador's first game sure of is. the World Cup on Sunday, the 20th. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know my calendar Correct. is. Uh, time of recording just a couple of days away. That's yeah. wild. So I have this one ending nil-nil. I have 1-1. One, one. Okay. I could see Qatar taking this. Yeah. You get It's like the, that first game boost mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And they've also been playing together. Yeah, like spoilers is together. the only point I have Qatar getting. Yes. Uh, the other first game of the group, the next day, is Senegal and Netherlands. How do you have this mm-hmm. one? I'm taking the Dutch 2-1. to one. Okay. If this is a 1-1 draw. Possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's also the first game of the tournament. I don't think it's going to be the best performance we get from the Dutch who haven't had a warm-up game. Yeah. Like a lot of other countries. Second match day, we have Qatar taking on Senegal. Yep. What do you think? I'm taking Senegal two to nil. Taking Senegal only one nothing. Yeah, and then obviously that leaves the Netherlands facing Ecuador. I have that one nil to the Dutch. I have two nil to the Dutch. Okay. And on the last day, the Netherlands take on Qatar. I have that one as a three one. This is a four nothing. I think Oof. that's you know where yeah. they kind of get to open up a yeah. little more and really show who they are. Uh, and then Senegal and Ecuador. What do you have? That's a nil-nil for me, fam. I have 2 nothing Senegal. Interesting. Yeah. So, your final table, then? I have the Dutch sweeping with 9 points, Senegal advancing in 2nd with 4, Ecuador with 2, and Qatar with just the 1. Okay. I have the Dutch on 7, Senegal also on 7, but with less goal difference, Ecuador and Qatar both on 1. I felt like I had to give, I feel like Ecuador deserved more than just a point, so I found a way to give them an extra point. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're I think they're okay. Yeah, I don't think Ecuador are bad. I just think matchup wise it's gonna be tough against yeah. Senegal and Netherlands. Sure. Alright. Well and that's group A, baby. Yeah, it'll be a fun group. Yeah. Definitely interesting. So first one we'll see uh, November the twentieth and the twenty first. Uh, we'll be back shortly with group C.